0: Welcome to the Junkyard Outreach. This is Todd, and thanks for joining me as we go through the scriptures and learn what we can to draw close to Jesus. For more episodes and information, check out junkyardoutreach.com. And now, let's dig in. Matthew chapter 4, verse 8. Again the devil took him to a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their glory. And he said to him, All these I will give you if you will fall down and worship me. Then Jesus said to him, Be gone, Satan, for it is written, You shall worship the Lord your God, and him only shall you serve. That brings up this topic of worship. Interesting, Satan wanted Jesus to fall down and worship him. Falling down and worshiping was something that we see in Scripture. The idea of worship is to pay homage to or have a great respect for another, and in many cases to prostrate oneself before a superior. You know, you lay down in your face and give them respect. That's the idea. You're doing something physical to show your worship, and obviously that can be fake, but nonetheless, when it's real and you're doing that physical thing, you're putting yourself in a position of vulnerability and you're worshiping whatever it is you're worshiping. And the conversation between Jesus and Satan in this passage is very interesting on a number of levels. But for the sake of this topic of worship, I just want to focus on the invitation to Jesus by Satan to worship him. It's ridiculous. Satan is an angel. He's created by God. Jesus is the creator in the flesh. And the created thing is now asking the creator to fall down and worship him. And why would Satan want anyone to worship him? Well, I think there's some very provocative answers to that, and we find in First Corinthians chapter 10 verse 18 one answer. and that is, consider the people of Israel are not those who eat sacrifices participants in the altar? What do I imply then that food offered to idols is anything or that an idol is anything? No. I imply that what pagans sacrifice, they offer to demons and not to God. I do not want you to be participants with demons. You cannot drink the cup of the Lord and the cup of demons. You cannot partake of the table of the Lord and the table of demons. Shall we provoke the Lord to jealousy? Are we stronger than he? So you see there, Paul is saying, you're worshiping false things. You're actually worshiping demons. There's a spiritual connection between you and the supernatural. And on every little thing that we worship that's opposed to God or is not God, there's a demon behind it waiting to receive worship, waiting to connect with you spiritually. That's why we have to be so careful on the things that we allow ourselves to become enthralled with. You know, worshiping anything other than God is actually giving homage to demons. Basically, that's what it means. And when we give homage to demons, then we disconnect with God because you can't do both of them, as Paul said. This is why in our society, so many people suffer with obsessions. They become obsessed with things, and they give their thoughts, their money, their time, etc., To something that really competes with God. And it brings them to a place where they become lost and confused. You know, I want so much this thing, and all my life I've been trying to get this and work, and I get this thing. Yeah, it's really cool. I worship this thing. And why do I feel so empty? It's that kind of thing. We're designed by God to be creatures that worship Him and Him alone, allowing us to follow a path that is glorifying to Him and it blesses us. Our worship of God can bring about blessings beyond what we can imagine. But worshiping things other than God will cause us to become deceived, and deception is that key tool of the devil to ruin us. Deuteronomy 11.16, it says, Take care lest your heart be deceived, and you turn aside and serve other gods and worship them. True worship is simply giving God his due. He is God. He's worthy of being praised and obeyed. And when I get alone and find a quiet place, it sets that tone for productive worship. I love it. I love doing that. Don't do it enough, but just finding a quiet place, getting alone with the Lord and praying and just opening up to worship. When it kicks in, it's awesome. And when I worship, I find that actually what happens is what worship is intended to do, and that is connect me with God. I bring God my issues and repentance first because we must take care of our end first. You just don't come to God with all this junk and just say, okay, Lord, I'm ready to worship. It's like, God, I need to dump some baggage. 1 John 1, 6. If we say that we have fellowship with him while we walk in darkness, we lie and do not practice the truth. But if we walk in the light, as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another and the blood of Jesus, his son, cleanses us from all sin. If we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And there's the key. We come to worship cleansed from all unrighteousness. How do we get cleansed from all unrighteousness? We confess our sins, our iniquity, all the stuff that's in us. We do that before we worship and man, all of a sudden worship begins to kick into gear and we're like, yeah, Lord, this is great. I am putting myself in subjection to God. I'm laying down on my face before God, crying out to him for mercy and grace and he gives it to us. But that heart of repentance must be a part of our worship. If we're stubborn and we're not repentant of all the junk that's in our life, then what's the point of our worship? We're supposed to worship God in holiness, and we're not being holy when we're hanging on to garbage, when we're harboring stuff in our minds, and, and we're. Doing things that are evil. Matthew chapter 6, verse 5, Jesus says, When you pray, you must not be like the hypocrites, for they love to stand and pray in the synagogues and in the street corners that they may be seen by others. Truly, I say to you, they have their reward. In other words, their reward isn't in heaven with God. It's getting the adoration of the people that are watching them, going, Wow, you're so spiritual, man. You know, that's their reward. And he goes on, he says, But when you pray, go into your room and shut the door and pray to your father who is in secret. And your father who sees in secret will reward you, And when you pray, do not heap up empty phrases as the Gentiles do, for they think that they will be heard for their many words. Do not be like them, for your Father knows what you need before you ask him. Pray then like this, Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name, or holy is your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done, and earth as it is in heaven, you know the rest of it. So we come to the Lord and we pray, we find that quiet place, and we offer up our adoration. Psalm twenty 29.2, Ascribe to the Lord the glory, do his name. Worship the Lord in the splendor of holiness. Our Father in heaven, holy is your name. Putting our focus on God, not on me. It's on God and his holiness. Psalm 95, 6. Oh, come, let us worship and bow down. Let us kneel before the Lord, our God, our maker. Try this sometime. I did this at a Bible study. It's pretty cool. You get a blanket, you lay it on the floor, and you lay face down with your arms out. Spend about 10, 15 minutes in prayer, and you'll find that you feel real vulnerable. It's kind of weird, but you're in that prostrated position. You are laying down, face down, arms spread out before God, complete vulnerability, complete submission. And it's pretty interesting. I'm one of those guys, I wake up in the middle of the night a lot, right around three o'clock. I have no idea why, but I wake up and I go out and I do this and I can't get back to sleep. So I'm going to go out and pray, I throw a blanket down. I start praying and it's pretty, pretty cool until my dog gets up and comes up and starts licking me in the face. and I'm like, get out of here. It he kind of ruins it, but he's a good boy. So I don't get too bent out of shape. He loves me, but it's a great thing to try. Venture out, open up your heart and your mind to the Lord. Romans 12, 1. I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. A life that is presented to God, your physical body. That means everything I'm doing physically, I am doing it trying to be holy and acceptable to God. That's what spiritual worship is. Philippians 3.3, For we are all the circumcision, who worship by the Spirit of God and glory in Christ Jesus and put no confidence in the flesh. That worship is spiritual There's a spiritual connection. That's why we don't worship cars and our bodies and money, because there's a demon right behind that, and that demon will woo you and will encourage you and stroke you until he draws you away from God. Interesting, in Revelation chapter 19, John is overwhelmed with the heavenly scene as God has revealed to him what heaven is going to look like, and he said in verse 10 of chapter 19, "Then I fell down at his feet to worship. This is an angel. But he said, you must not do that. I'm a fellow servant with you and your brothers who hold the testimony of Jesus. Worship God. And then the crazy thing is, in chapter 22, John does the same thing again. And when I heard him, I fell down his feet to worship the angel who showed him to me. And he said, you must not do that. I'm a fellow servant with you and your brothers and the prophets and those who keep the words of this book. Worship God, John. You know, so John's overwhelmed in that presence of holiness. He's overwhelmed with what heaven is looking like, and he just has a major stupid attack twice. And we probably would do the same thing, because heaven is real, and that throne room of God is overwhelming. So worship God in the spirit of holiness. Take time, find the quiet place, go in your room, shut the door, down on your face, try that. Just try it and see what happens. It's pretty cool. And worship him. And when you worship him, before you begin to worship, you bring your baggage, you confess, he cleanses us. Man, it's so cool. And then you'll be amazed at how many things that are occupying your mind kind of melt away when you spend time with Jesus. So stay focused on him. Make your worship count. Be real and be blessed. Thank you.